Hey Phil! Hey Laurie! Listeners, welcome to episode 47, season 2, Super Baby Bros, in Movie Land. Three more until episode technically 100, Phil. Now, do we have to get to 100 and then we have the celebratory episode, or do, is the 100 episode the celebration? What do you mean? So 101 would be the celebration? Well, yeah, because we've ma- we've finished 100 episodes. That's like, oh, we got through the finish line. You don't celebrate as you're crossing the line. Well, yeah. you do sometimes. I don't really know what to say. I mean, I don't know. Now you're now it's in my head, it's the same problem as the maths of trying to figure out what date a day is when a week later because is it the end of the day or the, do you know what I mean yeah, not really yeah it's also like the century which century is it we, yeah we the 100th f- episode is going to be a celebration I think let's make <laughs> yeah. it nice and simple listeners we've uh, we're going to talk a tiny bit about Justice League in this episode but only a little bit because we're going to do a separate not super long but separate episode that discusses it in more detail but also has spoilers in as well because we know it's been out for a while now probably anyone who wanted to watch it has already raced to see it and we know from feedback we get that listeners like it when we do spoilers and stuff so and in particular that film i think you can't really do it justice hey, without talking about spoilers nice. in the film yeah so we'll do that but tune in because we've got film stars don't die in liverpool jamie bell and annette benning star in a kind of interesting 1970s based film and i've also been to see good time starring twilight's robert pattinson as a sort of american criminal and then also we're going to do a what we've been watching film. I'm going to review Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. That's right. And of course, we've got your emails and tweets towards the end of the programme. Lots about Paddington too. So look forward to hearing those if you got in touch. Do not look forward to that at yeah. all. And uh, superbadybros at gmail.com or you can tweet us at superbadybros. Get in your plus ones or your minus ones if you agree or disagree with anything Laurie and I say. And you can explain why and say we're fools or well done you for saying exactly what I had in my mind. True story. Yes. And I want to say at this point that please do consider getting in touch, dropping us a really quick email or tweet especially if you've never been in touch before you know long time listener first time emailer if I can borrow those annoying acronyms from another movie show because we have had someone email for the first time this week Phil and um, I'm going to come to it later on and, and bless Laurie's little wee heart didn't what? his heart grow four times I love it like it's a, it makes such a big difference to when we hear like a brand new listener gets in touch and says hey and so we'll come on to that later but if you've never done it you know the chances are high if we get an email from you it'll be read out so why not think about it we do love to hear from you guys you guys add a whole other element to the show you are the third super bailey bro that is right and also patreon.com slash super bailey bros is where you can support the show financially this is sort of donation platform they charge a couple of fees slightly annoyingly but you can support us from as little as something like five dollars a month and every little really helps so thank you and we had a new patreon sponsor this week as well phil does that mean I, you're going to do a specialized jingle i haven't checked to see whether that uh, the specific reward was requested because we had some problems before with patreon sponsors who actually didn't want a jingle written for them but i it could anyway it doesn't matter yeah, we'll figure it out but yeah yeah thank oh. you very much for that. <laughs> we'll come on to that later when we get to the emails uh but for now do you want a thought for the episode phil yeah hit me with a thought i was in london and i was waiting at the bus stop to come back home this is after a screening and I, I think it was after battle of the sexes or something like that and so i was filled with sort of movie-ish thoughts in my head right mm-hmm. and as i was stood there very peacefully waiting um <laughs> out of the corner of my eye i stood really close to the bus shelter and it was one of the ones that has a sort of glass panel on it right mm. and I, I noticed a girl getting sort of pushed up against it so that her back was to the uh to the panel and then a young man don't worry i really want to say at this point don't worry anyone please don't worry uh, but uh, a young man sort of pushed her up against it and then gave her an intense look and then they started snogging <laughs> 
<laughs> really, really, really intensely right next to me. And it just was so weird because that is a sight you may well have seen in a number of films. Mm. The whole sort of, whoa, like it's the moment where... Super passionate, can't yeah, keep their hands off each other. But I've never actually had it, like seen it in real life. And least of all, a bus shelter like less than a metre away from me. <laughs> like I was writing this note down on my phone while they were still going at it. It was ridiculous. And I just, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It's not often you see the movies in real life. And I kind of thought they were doing it as much for the performance as anything else. You got that whole spiel about how if you took uh, dialogue, romantic dialogue, and actually tried to use it in real life, yes. it doesn't work. Maybe your brain is just tuned to the fact that reality of life is not reality of the movies. And you're like, where's the dividing line? It's a line? sort of ultimate expression in the films, isn't it? You can you sort of put every, turn everything up to 11 and then put it on screen. It's more I'm, fun that way. I'm just always thinking, it, wouldn't it hurt getting pushed up against the wall? Yeah, I don't. I didn't. It didn't appeal to me, <laughs> but, but it was just funny, especially with the slightly self-conscious but also totally into the moment expressions they had. Yeah, uh, only out of the corner of my eye. Must I be often, said you can't look directly at it. I often think that same thing when uh, you see people in the movies lying down, like eating food, and I always think, oh, their elbows look a bit sore. Have you ever like yeah, when you lie point. on the floor, like in front you mean, of the like, fireplace, on, with their like or with their chin in their hands? Yeah, that exactly. Kind of, yeah. It's just I always think elbows and knees and like there's some bits of your body which should not go onto the floor. They don't wear well, do they? No, no. I agree with you on that one, Phil. But listeners, you know. Have you seen the movies happening in real life? And did you also find it a bit strange like me? Could you imagine a movie scene where suddenly they're like, oh, sorry, I just got to move. It's very uncomfortable. Ugh. I think the, the thing is those moments also don't work that well in films because you know it's so cringy because they've been told to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't really that uncomfortable. There's, nothing, there's, no, there's no winning. Uh, all right, let's get going. Right, this is where you'd normally expect the really big release of the week to be. Top billing. And that would be Justice League, I think, is slightly bigger film than uh, film a famous died person died here. Yeah, well, Or not, or did they? Come on, Phil, come <laughs> on. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to do that. We're going to do a spoiler-filled episode, particularly for Justice League, because it is such a massive film, and so much of the film is complicated and weird, and you can't really get into it without spoiling the film. So and we've made spoiler that for that review, Phil and I maybe have different viewpoints. You know? Yeah, well, I think we maybe should give like a little teaser of what we thought. Uh, okay, well, you know, in very simple terms, listeners, I think this is fairly enjoyable, lightweight action, and I don't really understand the critical mauling. It's not perfect, it's got a lot of flaws, but I had fun. I would say I enjoyed Batman vs Superman more than this film. When you sent me a message, Phil, after watching it, you said you thought it was, uh, what was it, a, a rough cut of a film. I felt like it was a first draft, like they, it was like the pre-edit, the, the pre-visualisation, yeah. and like it was just somebody's initial go at making a film. So there was, you go. I couldn't believe how bad it was. This is like one of those uh, boxing things where they stand really close and literally cross at each other. Phil and Laurie are squaring <laughs> the, the off. The weighing off, yeah. Tune in to find out who wins. Spoiler, it's me. Okay. No, no, no. Definitely me. <laughs> hey, Phil. Hi, Laurie. How are you doing? I've got a film I'd like, uh, like you to watch. Oh, great. Shall we have some chicken? <laughs> no, you can't say that. What, what chicken that? Scouse. That's not Scouse at all. I've heard Steven it from... Gerard. S- Gerard. I've heard it from a scouser. This is all embarrassing, really. I mean, in I, the world, if we have any Liverpoolian listeners, they'll be offended and and disappointed, actually. As well, I mean, I'm disappointed myself. I'll be honest. Me too, man. All right, film stars don't die in Liverpool. This is a really sort of bizarre film, listeners, in many many ways. I don't know whether you've heard anything about it. It has that sort of distinctive quality of a name that is really hard to remember. Phil just called it the Liverpool film earlier on today, and on a phone conversation with my dad, he just couldn't remember it. Even though I told him twice in the phone call. <laughs> but I want to say the reason reason it's got that title is because it's based on a memoir that was written by a guy called Peter Turner I think something like 30 years ago and he is a fairly small time actor who grew up in Liverpool a classic Liverpool lad and it's about the outlandishly true story about how he came to romance a significantly older 
ex-Hollywood superstar from films in the 1940s and 50s, an Oscar-winning movie star. Gloria Graham, she's called. She won an Oscar, uh, Best Supporting Actress in The Bad and the Beautiful. She was in It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. She was a proper feature, but for various reasons, I think you know there's a lot of talk about perhaps she was just standing up in an early age for women's rights. She didn't click with the Hollywood vibe over there and so she ended up doing stage plays in Liverpool and doing things that appeared to be quite beneath her talent level and all that sort of stuff so in her advancing years in the late 70s she's doing these things and she bumps into Peter Turner this struggling young actor and they form this weird sort of chemical romance thing what's that what you're doing there Phil what are you so I'm just up? reeling in the Oscar because you know it's fishing for Oscars My, I'm fi- oh, the film no why did you why'd you say that that was a great joke and you ruined it with your little I, I, I just didn't understand <laughs> so I didn't understand what you were doing uh, do you think this sounds like an Oscar contender absolutely. time absolutely tell it's me got why an aged Hollywood legend it's a true story and it's about somebody who apparently based on the title I don't know listeners this isn't a spoiler I don't know somebody dying uh, stars don't I, die in Liverpool I don't don't think the composition of the film does not lead me to believe it is attempting to do Oscars. What I do think it's attempting to do is do justice to a real story about some incredible people. You're still rolling your eyes at (laughs) me, Phil. This uh, is becoming a feature. Come on, of course it's Oscar Okay, let me give you some details, then we'll hear a trailer. So Annette Bening plays Gloria Graham, and it's really striking listeners. I recommend even right now at this point, look up some photos of Gloria Graham if you can, because the resemblance is kind of uncanny, actually. I've not seen Annette Bening do that sort of character role really before but she is brilliant in it like you know that's a spoiler for how i'm about to review the film i suppose and meanwhile jamie bell billy elliott the guy out of jumper was it he plays the sort of lightly lad in jumper is peter turner as this sort of scouse kid also just you know he really inhabits that role like you wouldn't believe and the film is completely about these two and their relationship it's sort of about the um jamie bell's character's family peter turner's family because at one point gloria graham comes to live in this classic liverpool family's home but the main thing is the love story bizarre love story between these two guys so shall we hear the trailer yeah you're the next door guy right which makes you the girl next door I need a partner for my dance class. If I make you a drink, can you come into my room and hustle with me? If you fix me a drink, I'll come in and clean your bathroom. <laughs> so, is this like a date? You look beautiful. That's Gloria Graham. Big name in black and white films. Proper star she was. I recognise that power. <laughs> Won an Oscar too. It's unbelievable. The air is just full of... Uh, yeah, Hollywood... <laughs> What kind of a person hangs out in a joint where you're labelled on the lampshade anyway? Miss Graham, is everything okay? I spoke to the doctor. He's told me what's wrong with you. Could you take me to Liverpool? I could get better there. You should have given me some warning as I put the electric blankets on. Big fans of Gloria, me and your mum. She's so bloody beautiful. Those movie-eyed looks don't just weather away. We never expected Gloria Graham in our kitchen, <laughs> necking a bacon butty. Peter, you are all I need. Bloody heartbreakers, the lot of you. But I'll tell you that when your legs are laced up in stirrups. Say it again, Peter. Liverpool. Oh. Has anyone ever told you you look like Lauren Bacall when you smoke? Yeah. Humphrey Bogart. Oh. 
I don't like it then either. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, this makes me... Um, it makes me uneasy, and I don't know why. My sixth sense is tingling. My spidey sense does not like the film. Can you give us a hint as to why? Because it's got Jamie Bell in... A, is he a dancer in the film? He does some dancing, but he's not a dancer. He's an actor. There's a really brilliant dancing scene. Okay, and it's kind of that... Liverpool is a bit of an unlikely place, location. Um, it's got that small budget feel, but then it's got Annette Benning who is a, a star, in mm, it. Mm. And it's just not adding up to me, really. If it was an indie film, maybe it'd be a bit different, but it seems to be kind of uh, you think it's Hollywood trying to be indie. Well, I think you've actually inadvertently put your finger on it, Phil, because I, I think it's just an out-and-out pretty indie film, actually. The, the vibe, the feeling, the shot composition, the director. It's Paul McGuigan who directed Lucky Number Seven, if you remember that film, that I did say had a bit of visual style and flair to it, but was an incomplete sort of mess, basically. I even thought it reminded me a bit of Steven Soderbergh. This film feels like that. It's really directed in a sort of fly-on-the-wall way, so you feel like you're getting quite an intimate almost sort of sneaky view into the lives of these guys and they don't sort of hold the camera they don't gaze into it they don't it's not the sort of film where presence is a big thing it's more like you're witnessing something that's quite private and to quite that in your end, peripherals almost it almost has a vaguely arty vibe to it right because it's a bit more stylish and there's a lot to do with soft focus and lighting and giving things a bit of an ethereal quality i think it's ethereal not ephemeral i think ephemeral is ghosts i can never quite remember <laughs> i really oh, ephemeral maybe is a passing moment it doesn't matter just use either i don't think people yeah. will know either now listeners i was so charmed by this film and i think one of the standout things besides paul mcguigan's direction which is on point is the fact that it doesn't give in to its odd coupleness in an annoying way because i think as you were describing it there phil you'd expect it to be a character portrait in a slightly tedious way that is just in love with the hang-ups between a hollywood star and liverpool wow it's crazy a hollywood star with a much younger liverpool lad wow it's crazy this film is really <laughs> just very honestly a lo- kind of a love letter basically it really paints this relationship really like this is what happened this is how it grew this is how it sort of maybe fell apart at one point but it came back together it really feels very genuine even though Gloria Graham is such a larger than life character huge credit has to go to her performance which is both vulnerable Annette Benning. this is yeah Annette Benning, but poised and amazingly mannered in quite an entrancing and charming way Jamie Bell, meanwhile, doesn't just play it stripped back natural charisma. He also gives you this weird window into Peter Turner's kind of soul. He looks tortured, but hopeful. And you, it just works. Like, it's weird to see chemistry between these two because the age difference between the actors is very similar to the age difference between the real people of the story, something like 29 years. And yeah, it works. Like, there's something about that chemistry that works. I think the only sort of sour note for me, if I had to pick one, was that the script occasionally lays on thick. So especially when it comes to the age difference, you can tell they almost don't want to bother bringing it up because this is based on a memoir by the guy who was in the relationship. So he obviously didn't, you know, he might have been aware that other people weren't sure about it, but, but he, he obviously didn't feel it was a number to him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the way that they shoe, kind of shoehorn it into scenes, it feels a little bit odd. Like suddenly they say something that you'd never expect them to say. Like at one point, Annette Benning has Gloria Graham say, I want to play Juliet for the RSC. And Jamie Bell says, oh, surely you mean the nurse. 
as in the old character. And you just think, actually, no, he wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, the whole way they've set this up, the, the, unless that was a real exchange and I look like an idiot, but the way the film is set up, that's not believable. Do you think and that's so them they turning to the, the camera saying, remember, she's old? Yeah, and it really stands out because the rest of the film is shot in that sort of pseudo-documentary fly-on-the-wall style. Um, and that'll, you know, but then there's really positives to that as well because it's particularly scenes where there's not a lot of dialogue where it really shines. Like Liverpool is shot beautifully, even though they don't have a 1970s Liverpool to work with, right? Mm. And there's one particular scene where they're in a hotel room and Peter Turner stumbles across. This is how they sort of meet Gloria Graham. And you may have heard it in the trailer there. She wants him to come in and dance with her because she wants to sort of, she needs to move around and she's got to learn some moves. And there's one of my favourite dancing scenes I think I've ever had in a film. It really captures the spontaneity of just dancing together. And they both do dancing that isn't super slick, but it's also not bad. So how would it rank against the dancing scene in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows? (laughs) Is it better? Is it worse? Uh, Well, I mean, that doesn't even feature on a scale for me, man. I really like like that scene. I know everyone makes fun of it. I really like it. level dancing. (laughs) So you're saying it's it's one of the best dancing scenes because it feels natural. Yeah, but also it's the kind of natural that is a bit transcendent. So it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel sort of twee. And it's not rehearsed? Yeah, but it is stunning and you can believe that these two kind of do it and the soundtrack is great as well a lot of 70s hits uh, a nice cover version of uh, California Dreaming as well there's a lot about this film to really love and it, it is beautiful beautiful performances yeah tell me the sort of person who won't like this film I think if you're not that bothered by a slightly romantic real story it'll probably feel boring because that is the entire story it's these people and how they handle the relationship but also the various relationships that get rolled up into it. There's a lot to do with Gloria Graham's family. Vanessa Redgrave plays her mother brilliantly. I love Vanessa Redgrave. And she has still got it, man. That The acting chops. At the, is that Max at her from age. Mission Impossible? You bet it is, yeah. Uh, and Jamie Bell's family as well. I, you know, it's all kind of there, but it's quite kitchen sinky, quite slow, uh, melodrama, but reined in melodrama. I can see that if that doesn't, if that is not appealing to you at all, you won't like it. But Can I ask yeah. the runtime, roughly? can't remember i would say how much it feels it feels longer than two hours and i'm sure it is longer than two hours um but yeah i really liked it listeners judy walters is uh, jamie bell's mum in it and she i almost didn't recognize her except for her voice she's awesome man judy walters really knows her way around a script and stuff she yeah and she obviously has good chemistry with jamie bell already yeah and there are a couple of scenes that are really well written or feel really well written between her and her husband in the film and Jamie Bell. That, that sort of family drama stuff is, is, is good. It feels very natural. The rhythms are right. Interesting. So, yeah, for me, I, you know, I think it gets all the way up to a, uh, I'm going to say, oh, I want to say an A-, minus, but that seems a bit over the top. No, I'm going to do it. A-. minus. There you go. Film stars don't die in Liverpool. I think it's and recommended. And the rating is? It must be a 15. Because there's a bit of nudity, there's a lot of bad language, you know, lots of smoking, all that sort of stuff. All some really in cool a tasteful scenes. way. Yeah, and there are some... Re- I mean, I'm not sort of painting as lush a picture as I want, really, because there are some great scenes where they go to America and Jamie Bell pretending to be entranced by all this stuff is, is pretty cool. There you go. Check it out. If you go see it, email in Laurie with your thoughts. I'm sure he'd like to hear I what would. you made of the film. Plus ones, please. <laughs> Phil, if I say to you The Parent Trap... Give me some of the emotions that spring to mind. Oh, happiness and joy and uh, sunshine and rays of warmth. Well, that's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. But if I then say to you, Parent Trap, circa when our sister was seven, uh, any extra emotions? <laughs> um, 
Well, the thing is, is I think at the time I would have said, oh, I hate it. Oh, again. Why are you watching it again, Susanna? Mm-hmm. Oh, all this sort of stuff. But secretly, I kind of enjoyed it all okay. the time. I always loved it. I always loved the fact that he used Nat King Cole. I didn't who know who he was at the time, mm, yeah, but yeah. later on I found out and loved the music. I always liked Natasha Richardson. I thought she was beautiful yeah, and yeah, yeah. effervescent in Ooh, a way. Oh, lovely. Very good. In physique. a way that I couldn't really understand <laughs> when I was like nine or ten. And then Dennis Quaid was always the coolest guy ever yeah. as a dad. Good old Dennis. It's a shame he got roped into that film where they treated dogs badly or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, no. That was this year, wasn't it? Uh, or allegedly, anyway. I don't know the deal. Um, thank you, Phil. That was a good test case because this sprung to my mind quite recently. Um, my daughter is beginning to watch films, as we've discussed a couple of times, and she watched Moana quite recently. But the thing is, she doesn't have great stamina. And we're I not... heard her say, I hate Moana. <laughs> have you heard her say that? Yeah, well, you let, were, let's come on I heard that. you spelling it out. Should we watch M-O-A-N-A? And then she was like, I hate Moana. Okay, well, like, good, hold on to that thought. That's a, <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Um, the thing is, she doesn't have great stamina for sitting through these films. And we sort of don't want her to either, because that's a long period of sat in front of the TV and stuff. So we often pause it and then next time there's an opportunity, we'll come back to the film and start Like a little book, through. a little bedtime story. But the thing is... It's not as simple as when you're an adult and you do that. Or you just pick up the loose thread. Yeah, literally where you went before. You tend to say, oh, I can't remember where we were. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) let's move it back a little bit more. Or let's move forwards a bit more. And then, so what happens in the process of watching Moana, you watch maybe the beginning third once. And then you watch the middle, the middle section maybe five times because not only do you need to go back there so you can watch it again, but then they want to watch it more. I want to watch Moana again. Okay, uh, where were we? Oh, we're about here. And it's always the same place. So like, I got so sick of Moana in my head is no longer the film it was when I saw it the first time. You really liked it. I remember yeah, you reviewing I did. it. I thought it was better than Frozen in many, many ways. Now it's a film in which they are forever on a raft in the, in the nighttime having an argument. In because, distress. Yeah. That is the only scene. That's where it always begins again and again. The immortal scene, the never ending story. It it does feel like that. And then because my daughter will watch that and then maybe keep watching it, but I won't stay for the whole thing or I'll be, I'll have to do something else. So it it really is like you just see the same like scene or a couple of scenes over and over and over and over and over and over again. And suddenly the film becomes this weirdly like disjointed. It loses all form and reason. Yeah, it really does. It's like, like bloated in one way and like lacking in another. And it becomes something completely different. So I'm quite encouraged to hear for example that the parent trap yields happy memories for you because that definitely happened with our sister didn't it oh absolutely she watched that to the death i think and, and not, not all not all the way from start to finish either like she'd come back at a bit that she liked and then it would carry on but i remember toy story was the the killer one she somehow managed to ruin the tape the ending was oh, just right. blue yeah and it, i don't even know what happens <laughs> at the end of toy story it's just blue and you could still hear the audio and uh, yeah, that's that is my experience. Toy Story was the one which I remember thinking, "Oh, we watched this a lot." To come back to the same point, or just lots of times. It was just again. It was like continuous repeat. Parent Trap was the one which was on loop. It was on yeah mass loop, and that's a lot of Lindsay Lohan. Because I think this happened with iRobot for a while for me as well. Because Film Four will not stop showing iRobot. <laughs> you don't know what I'm saying on this one. It's also like me, the Born Identity films. Or yeah, whatever. right. A little bit like that on ITV or whatever it is. But like iRobot is relentlessly the final scene where all the robots there's a big chase and in my head that is what the film is and I've forgotten like the huge like Will Smith is just hanging out he's got a fan there's you know a big I mean? investigation they yeah. go to like the weird uh, crates at the end yeah basically I'm curious to know listeners whether this 
this has happened to any films in your lifetime. Are you talking about groundhogging of movie? It's sort of, but not the whole thing. It's specifically because you don't ever really just watch the film and watch maybe the whole film again. It's films that when you're a child especially, you just want to watch bits. And so they become this weird amorphous blob of an experience. Mutations. And it's quite hard to really engage with them in the way that you once did i mean i did i think i might have mentioned it on the podcast so i hesitate to mention it again but i remember the end of turn movie that i watched in uh school um in my geography class with uh, a teacher she would always put on the never-ending story and that was the film we'd watch oh, right. every single time but we'd never have time to finish the movie so, you only so ever the same we'd always bit. see we always seem to get to the bit when atreyu dies or artex or whatever you know the very sad <laughs> yeah, emotional do, swamp scene and then you get to the bit when he's completely dis- is this in like uh, what's the word disenchanted and sort of stumbling around and he gets the weird the weird uh, sphinxes that shoot lasers and you remember and, much better than me and, but then I never saw if he survived that <laughs> <laughs> he just never got through the that part always ended. and so that story never ended for me Man, quite literally. the same thing with Ferris Bueller just this opening <laughs> scenes again and again in German Bueller, class of all classes <laughs> it didn't make sense I think it was my teacher's favourite film we shouldn't have watched it either it was a certificate too high oh, anyway gosh. listeners to has this happened to you and does it improve or ruin films for you that's it superbellybros at gmail.com at superbellybros on twitter send in your horror stories what have we been watching this week listeners this is the part of the show where we go back into the back catalogues of films and movies and choose to review films that you could watch yourselves at home most of the time. That's generally the idea. Yeah, that's the plan. Most of the time they're available on streaming services because that's how I've watched them. I don't know about you, Laurie. DVD, mate, sometimes. Old school. (laughs) Videotape. So yeah, this is a a way of talking about the back back catalogue. This week I've done Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. And Laurie, you're going to do something which is nothing at all. Well, no, the thing is, it's just because otherwise you'd have two of my like proper reviews and then what we've been watching reviews. So I'm doing Good Time, the Robert Pattinson film that's currently out in cinemas as my what we've been watching. Is that allowed? Yeah, that's fine. I, I have just to want watch to make, it, man. Just want to make clear, you know, it. I'm going through all the spiel and I want to make you're it doing, very clear. You're, so, you're doing the intro so well. I threw it at you and you're, you're handling it. You know, I'm a pro. What yeah. can I say? Me, Earl, and the dying girl. I have no idea how to tell this story. I don't even know how to start it. This is the story of my senior year of high school and how it destroyed my life. Your father and I want to talk to you about something sad. Rachel Kushner has been diagnosed with leukemia. That sucks. It sucks. It sucks quite a bit. You might be someone who could make Rachel feel better. I don't need your stupid pity. I'm not here because I pity you. I'm actually here because my mom is making me. <laughs> it's actually worse. Everyone was going to find out sooner or later. One thing you can do if you don't want to talk to anyone is just enter a subhuman state. Pretend you're someone annoying. Oh, hi, Rachel. I'm really sorry you have cancer. <laughs> exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) so if this was a touching romantic story our eyes would meet and suddenly we would be furiously making out with the fire of a thousand suns but this isn't a touching romantic story anyway yep who is this little friend earl's just my co-worker i've known him since kindergarten what you got cat wanna fight didn't think so, punk-ass cat. So you and Greg are co-workers? Nah, we friends. Dude's terrified of calling somebody his friend. Dude's got issues. But how are you co-workers? We make films. Movies? They're terrible. Greg, you never told me. The idea behind each one was, we took a film that we liked, and we made the title stupider, and then made a new film to reflect the new title. It's a formula that only produces horrible films, but for some reason we keep using it. You need to make a film for Rachel. Hi, Rachel. I don't really know you, but I believe in you. I know you're Jewish, but God has a plan for you. Out of all the people in the school, I don't hate you. Damn. 
You guys were making a movie for me. We tried a bunch of stuff and it's not that good. Now is not the time for your, I'm Greg, I suck, nothing I do is any good thing. We agreed to do a film that we have no idea what it should look like or even be. What was I thinking? I'm so tired of you treating this girl like she a burden. Because somebody actually cares about you, her life is over after this. Life can keep unfolding itself to you just as long as you pay attention to it. It was the best of times. <sighs> of times. It's so much harder than I thought it would. It was life. Seems a little bit like Be Kind Rewind, the cancer edition. Yeah, I think I can see why you said that. Uh, Laurie also said, why are you watching so many teen movies at the moment? Yeah, you're watching loads of like teen romance, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, coming of life. Life, what's the phrase? Coming of age. There's another one. But that is yeah, coming that kind of, of age thing. story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It just seems to be... Maybe it's because Netflix keeps on suggesting them. <laughs> You've been watching this. Why do you watch this one? And I think, oh, yeah, I heard about that You film. and your echo chamber. It just is a, a teen romance shape. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too much OC in One Tree Hill. Yeah. Um, I think I remember a long, long time ago, a listener emailing in about this film. We didn't review it in cine- uh, when it was out in cinemas, but they said, I think, from what I recall... It was quite good and surprisingly different than what you might expect from the title and from the subject matter. There you go. So while I do see why you might say Be Kind Rewind with uh, a, a sickness And, and I had to element. say that's very flippant and I, I wanted to get it out of the way at the top because obviously this film is uh, on a topic that is no laughing matter whatsoever and that obviously is going to moderate how we review it, yeah? Mm. Well, I mean, any thought film which has this as the title, it says something a bit unusual, isn't it? As yeah. soon as you say there's a dying girl in the film, it changes everything, especially yep. when you've got that flippancy to all, all of it. And so in some ways I thought, oh, this is just another teen movie dealing with a difficult subject, Fault in Our Stars, loads of movies that have that. of them recently. Yeah, like 50-50, you kind of have a sense of these sort of movies. But then there was this listener who said, oh, it was a bit different. I'm, I'm absolutely certain we had a listener talk, emailed in and said, different than you think it is. Okay. And I was pleased to find that it is different than I thought it was. You've got... Greg, who is the me in the title, who is a bit of a school loner, who somehow manages to kind of skim above the surface of being a loser, but not really ever make proper connections with anyone. The only person he seems to have an actual bond with, he calls his co-worker, is Earl. And they, those two, they get together and they make these films. That's the Be Kind Rewind bit you were talking about. They take the films and they kind of do their own little twist on it. Right. And then uh, Greg finds out one day that a girl in his year group is uh, unwell has been diagnosed with cancer and his mum insists that he go and hang out with her and won't let it drop and so he I had goes to say, at that point that's quite cool because that's unusual for this kind of film to have the mum say no you're gonna go and do it because that's such an actual mum thing to do and then the weird thing is is he goes and meets her and he says oh my mum just said i had to hang out with you so here i am and for whatever reason that seems to eventually lead to their uh, sort of friendship forming and he's kind of like well I have to hang out with you and he's just about um, amiable enough that they start to learn things about each other yeah yeah sure and and then he she discovers that he's a filmmaker and she starts watching his films and she gets progressively sicker as the film goes on and eventually it's decided that he will make a film for her yeah. as a gift, as a sort of nice thing and that's his task that's what he's going to do with stuff, Earl man. that is a tough storyline it is. I'm going to put the storyline to the side for now because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who does want to watch it. You can kind of guess the trajectory going into it, where it's going to end up, what yeah. things might happen. Um, 
And that in itself is difficult and there's lots of tears to be had at different moments as the, all the characters process this. The thing which really stood out for me as a, a film, though, was the direction. I thought the camera angles and the shots were way, way, way better than the film deserved. It looked like, from the trailer there that we just watched, I was instantly, it looked like an indie film where they were they were going for that and they're trying to do something artistic with it. It reminded me a bit more of Perks of Being a Wallflower style. as a sort of indie vibe to it, right? Yeah, I think Perks of Being Wallflower is a better film, in my opinion. Sure, I but the way it's shot, I mean, like but, there's attention to detail. Yeah, and the the camera angle moves and swirls and sort of shifts in a very coherent, co- competent way that I thought, so much so that I noticed, and I thought, oh, wow, they're really trying to do something with the direction. It's not just A shot, B shot, and then a, a wide shot. They're really trying to make it interesting and engaging visually. But then that's kind of completely undone with this weird choice of music that just doesn't seem to gel at all. And I remember thinking, why are they going with this soundtrack? It's so Indian and trying to be cool. A bit twee, sort of. That I just thought, what are they doing? They've got something which is a bit heartfelt. They're going for a bit of an honest angle with that whole thing of his mum saying, you have to go hang out with a sick person. Um, it's all very odd and and there's kind of two steps forward, one step back, and then one step forward, two steps back with this film. In one sense, the characters are written in a way that is, feels real and authentic. In another sense, they're really annoying. And you think, oh, I don't like these people. Why am I watching them? Why am I yeah. engaging with them? One sense, you think, oh, maybe this friendship would kind of flourish out of nothing, out of complete pebbles of enthusiasm. And yet at the same time, you kind of think when two people are forced together, especially in school, that is kind of how most friendships are. It's down to circumstance. Mm. And so the whole time I was watching I was finding myself feeling like it was dipping its finger into sort of the Juno-esque tweeness of teen films and at the same time doing something a bit original, a bit fresh and directing quite an honest, warm film that wants to say something a bit different in this genre of, yeah, yeah. of films that have come out recently. And so I've left with a kind of bizarre mix of different colours going on to use a watercolour metaphor sure. it's all very brown and, and mixture and it's sort of a, an ugly brown if, it's you're not, if you're making brown with watercolour something's gone wrong exactly yeah and and it's so in some ways I wish it was just a bit more controlled and trying to choose its lane a bit more and yet at the same time I felt like by the end it was different than I thought it was and I have to give credit to that listener whoever it was that said it was different than okay. the title might suggest. More story-based than uh, film-based, though? Yeah, and by Fine. the end, the her emotions that are going on, the characters, the themes, um, some of the ideas in it, while they are twee and while they are kind of teenagery, I think they're more powerful than you might suspect. Okay, that's so good. I, I wasn't picking that up from the video, I have to no, say. No, and I think so, the marketing I mean, probably the trailer, would, I mean, yeah. The marketing would say it's just another teen movie and another sort of movie in this same vein and it's not and I think the title is one of the main reasons you might get misled it's a bit sort of because like, yeah. but at the same time it's recognisable and it does its, does its job of cooking yep. you in it's a shame though I'd, I'd almost like to hear listeners who have seen it feedback and say what they thought you sound I like can... you're really mystified and right down the middle man yeah it's a very odd film and I don't really know what I whether or not I liked it or not it was just different than I thought I, it was. I admit you're not convincing me to watch it at the moment you're convincing me to check the plot summary on Wikipedia which I know is the sort of cardinal <laughs> But then I think I think the ending was the best bit of the film and well, the ending was was very much visual and not plot summary read, readable. Okay, I feel like I need to tell you instantly that the director is Alfonso Gomez Rejon, Rejon, I don't know how to pronounce that, Rejon, 
Uh, you, the only reason I know that is because you told me to check the IMDb page. And he starts as, as assistant to Nora Ephron, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, and Alejandro Gonzalez Enaritu, who directed... Can you remember? Can you remember? The Revenant you remember? and the Revenant. Birdman and all that sort of stuff. Birdman, yes. Birdman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Birdman. But, and then he started doing second unit direction for a lot of those guys. So Interesting. not much of a surprise that he's picked up something pretty special. He's got a lot of fat. And there's, there's, it's funny that you mentioned those directors because I think there's... There's tendrils of them in this film. Sure. Uh, maybe one to watch, but maybe he, this is his sort of early stage stuff. I'm going to give it a B. Okay, pretty solid. Yeah. All right, thank you very much, Phil. Intriguing. Yeah, you certainly left me with intriguing sort of questions more than answers. You're going to read the Wikipedia, aren't you? Well, <laughs> let's wait and see. Okay, and listeners, my What We've Been Watching review this week is Good Time. Next. You're incredible, do you understand? Yeah. I'm serious. You think I could have done that without you standing next to me being strong? Are you feeling this? Are you feeling the I'm feeling right now? Yeah, I'm cold. You're cold? Yeah. Let's get to Virginia, man. Just keep your head now. Turn around. He's all right. We didn't do it. Oh, oh, oh. Get back here. So I told you about my brother, yeah? Something happened. I don't know exactly what. She's been arrested. It's being held at Rikers Island. What? Oh my God, that's awful. Make me quit. Just gotta get him out of there before something bad happens. You could get killed in there. You need another 10 grand. You get another 10 grand, your brother will get out. The truth is Something very important is happening and it's deeply connected to my purpose. Yeah, there we go. Robert Pattinson stars in Good Time. This is a film directed and I think written by the Safties, or certainly they were involved in it. You probably haven't come across them, Phil, but I gather they are causing quite a stir on the indie film circuit uh, around New York. It's Ben and Josh Safdie brothers uh, and one of them stars in it. I think it's Josh who's in this one. Robert Pattinson is Connie and his brother is Nick. Nick has learning difficulties, but is obviously trusts his brother a lot. And Connie, Robert Pattinson's character, obviously loves his brother a huge amount. But there's some sort of buried indications that they haven't had a good home life raised by their grandmother. There's a story quite early on about them throwing things at her and her throwing things at them. And in particular, we start the film with Nick with a psychiatrist trying to sort through some of his apparent anger issues or, or past all that sort of stuff but he gets whisked away by connie robert pattinson turns up and instead of sitting in a psychiatrist's office doing something useful they go and rob a bank uh, wearing big rubber masks very quickly that all goes wrong and suddenly uh, connie is on the run from the police having been caught up with it but Nick has been captured and injured and so is in jail. So now the main thrust of the film is Connie desperately attempting to find enough money to bail his brother out of prison because he figures that his brother's learning difficulties might lead him to be more aggressive than he otherwise would and therefore he could be in a lot of danger in prison because he could really irritate He'd rile up other prisoners and... Exactly. And there there are scenes where he gets beaten up and so it seems to be a well-justified fear. And from that point, listeners, the film is a spiralling, chaotic, neon, shaky cam indie film mess uh, scored by this unusual electronic musician, Oneotrix Point Never, Phil. 
and he's done some albums and things some internet forum stuff he's a dutch musician and i think he's this kind of uh sort of new york elite in my mind you know what i mean the kind of guy oh he's great man he's transcendent like that sort of chap and it's really sort of synthy and And he's 17 years old well (laughs) he's probably more like 38 or something (laughs) yeah but uh, but he wears beanies still you know the kind of thing right (laughs) um and it, it really like bleeds into the film and i think it is impressive from the point of making it feel chaotic and random and completely bewildering and robert pattinson's performance is genuinely pretty electric he's great like he's really convincing as this desperate american guy who's got a passionate concern for his brother but has terrible like life ambitions so Mm. even as much as he loves his brother his love isn't good for his brother Uh, that's a kind of if you want to look for a theme in the film it might be that and and that i i wouldn't be surprised if there are allusions to some kind of I don't know, Greek story of trials, for example, because Mm. it really does jump from one thing to the other. At one point, it seems like you've got a handle on what's happening. And then a case of mistaken identity turns the whole film at about, I don't even know, 90, what's more than 90, 120 degrees, not even 180. It's bizarre, complete tangent. And Mm. suddenly it involves drugs and suddenly it involves odd criminal criminal stories of parole and walking around deserted fun fairs in the dark with haunted house mirrors and odd it's really 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 odd and to be perfectly honest not very enjoyable it feels a little bit to me tedious in places i think a lot of people have spoken about the way that it's got a lot of momentum and it's kind of a nervy action piece and it is you feel very uncomfortable but the best parts of the film for me are probably all within the first 15 minutes because there are some good moments of scripting i think the relationship between connie and nick is pretty strong but that gets broken apart pretty fast and to be honest, I needed a firmer anchor. I didn't enjoy being pulled all over the place. And I didn't enjoy seeing these weird, clearly, vaguely abusive relationships being played out. And, you know, Connie is a very manipulative character. He knows how to get things done and get what he wants. There's a very uncomfortable scene where he's manipulating his girlfriend, who is played by Jennifer Jason Lee out of The Hateful Eight, if you remember. Yep. I think she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in that, wasn't I she? I think she was, yeah. And and she clearly fancies him, but doesn't realise she's being taken advantage of. And he's trying to sort of extort money out of her. It's uncomfortable. It's edgy. I don't think it's that good. I think you can tell these are hot young things making a film and they've got a bit of a rep and everyone can't wait to see what the Safties are going to do next. And people are watching it for Robert Pattinson, who does turn in a very unusual performance. He's a mile away from the glittery skinned vampires of Twilight, right? Mm. But kind of he's the only reason to watch it, in my opinion. And I, is, is he good? Do you think he is bona fide? Yeah, I really, think, he, I really think he's great. He's a good talent. You forget it's him. You sort of, his eyes tell quite a story and you can see that he's desperate but also vaguely sort of crazy, like he's not making good decisions. And you can sort of see him making terrible decisions without realising how terrible his decisions are. So he is the only really compelling part of it. Didn't really like Onyatrix Point Never's score. I thought it was a bit overblown. I thought the camera work was too, trying too hard to be shaky and edgy. I thought it needed a tighter edit, should have been shorter. So these brothers, do you reckon they're just a bit overblown and not ones to watch? I think they're doing a lot on quite a small budget. And I, I think the thing is they've got that reputation of being talented indies. And so I suspect they're not be, they're not having quite as firm a hand as perhaps they would in other in studio hands, for they're example. They're film auteurs. Exactly. That is literally what this film is. It's a great example of it. I'll be amazed if you can sit through it and enjoy it start to finish. What's the grade? Uh, B minus. 
Okay, there you go. Good time. So those are the films for what we've been watching this week. Good Times is out at cinemas right now. It is not very many. It's worth tracking down if you're interested, but you're going to have to try quite hard to find a screening. 15? Yes, definitely. Yeah, quite explicit in places or? A lot of swearing, some uncomfortable themes, some sort of sexuality, yeah, lots of drug use, that kind of thing. Okay, so there's Good Time. Also, if you happen to have seen Me, Earl and the Dying Girl, do get in touch, superbabybros at gmail.com or you can tweet us at superbabybros. Send in your plus ones or your minus ones if you disagree with my my review or Laurie's review and or if you agree with them. I'm, right. always, I'm always kind of assuming that everyone's going to disagree with us. <laughs> maybe, maybe some people like what no, we say. No, I think a lot of people do agree, but they often don't. That's, we even had a listener email in and say, I'm sorry, I only ever get, ever get in touch when I disagree. And That's I agree on those points. Give us the plus ones. We need them. <laughs> You've got to prop us up. Yeah. You know, it occurs to me, Benedict reviewed Good Time, didn't he? So uh, I'm going to have to go back and see whether he's already given me a minus one. Or maybe you're giving him a minus one. Oh, uh, uh, right. Phil, email song. Add another to the collection, please. Mails of the E. Emails coming at you now electronically. Good stuff, man. Can you put a little bit of like robot reverb on there? I'll see if I have time. I like the fact that when you did movie news last time and when I did my joke one, you got the echo. Yeah, yeah, that I was good. It. I enjoyed that. I that was my favourite intro to movie news we've done so far. <laughs> I, it was, I was nice to hear that jingle again. There's actually news we could talk about today. I mean, What's Incredibles the news? 2, for example. Oh, yeah, but that's not really news. That's more like hype. Yeah, I suppose so. We're definitely not part of the hype train, are we? Okay, let's keep going. Um, we've got an email from Johnny. Johnny, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, he says, my wife and I recently watched the Meyerit stories or the Meyerit stories on Netflix. Bit of a slow burner, but quite an interesting film and good at getting across the complexities of family life. One I would recommend that you watch as would really like to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, uh... I started watching this one with a friend and I couldn't. I, I had to turn it off after the first. So therefore, we, we're not allowed to review it. Yeah, I can't. So you can disregard my comments. But my impression was, and Johnny, you're going to have to get in touch and clarify um, why I'm wrong. But my impression was it was one of these films which is so concerned with portraying real life that it's going to pretend like it's not really telling a story at all. Mm. And so they're just little breadcrumbs scattered amongst the the chit chat and the banality of it all. And then eventually a story emerges uh-huh. from all the little breadcrumbs. A bit like, as you were saying, Laurie, a stage play. Well, as I mean, Phil, you're unqualified to say because if you'd watched the film, maybe it would have turned out differently. And so Johnny that's my is saying impression. Watch it. That's my impression. Johnny, can you get in touch and say yes or no to that? Mm. Well, there we go. He also says on the back of this, I have a small confession to make. I know he gets a lot of stick, but I am a secret Adam Sandler fan. When I was younger, I thought he was the funniest guy around. Although looking back, I think him basically playing the role of someone with a learning disability for laughs is pretty low. Oh, the water boy. We're in agreement there. I'd still watch the stuff that he's in, though. And in some cases, I think he's a good actor. Merit Stories, The Cobbler. I suppose a lot of people say Crazy Stupid Love. Is that the film? Is that the right name? Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. That is (laughs) the Paul Thomas Anderson one. Yeah, I watched that. That is strange. But Adam Sandler is good in it. And there's an amazing car fight sequence. Uh, Really surprisingly powerful and just odd really really odd film that one a lot of people say he's great in that but the thing i like most about him johnny carries on is that i think he promotes a wholesome idea of family slash fatherhood in a way that we don't see in lots of comedies these days i'm sure many will disagree but i don't care anymore i'm tired of hiding it i like adam sandler 
What's uh, funny is that you thanks, are Johnny. not in the minority whatsoever. You are in the silent majority. Netflix Clearly. routinely has said how popular Adam Sandler films are. Then they have a huge sort of deal with the guy. He's got yeah, they've like that that's the reason why they got a massive deal with him. The reason why he keeps on producing Netflix films is because his stuff routinely goes right up to the top of viewing stats all the time. Netflix don't release it, but they say it was a massive success yeah. if it was. And Adam Sandler is a super, super bankable star. I think for lots of people, he was the golden boy of comedy back in the day. When Happy he was, Gilmore. Yeah, Happy mm. Gilmore, Waterboy, uh, The Wedding Singer, I think yeah, is another yeah, one. That's him. He was releasing hit after hit after hit. It wasn't until later on when he was kind of a bit middle-agey and sort of said, oh, I'll just make a film like Grown Ups and I'll just get all my friends together and we'll go have a vacation. It's almost like he makes the films to go away somewhere nice mm. on the studio's budget, but they make money. I think films like Jack and Jill were the kind of nail in the coffin. Yeah. But... There's a reason why he's making all these movies. It's because think, people like him. He I delivers think, in a sort of general sense every time. You've put your finger on it a bit there, Johnny, because I think it's interesting. People do notice the family aspect that you pulled out of his films, but a lot of people use it as a stick to beat him with. And as you know, people often say, what Schmaltzy. is it? Yeah, charity is the last refuge of a scoundrel or something. I can't remember what the phrase is, but a lot of people think that it's an excuse for him to just make really low-key average films. They don't aim high. But actually, that is why a lot of people like them. It's because they're comforting and they reinforce everydayness to everybody. And they can say, oh, we're promoting family. So, you know, go do one. We don't care what you say about my film. It's wholesome. It's the same criticism that gets leveled at uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise. People often laugh at how it's about family somewhere. And Vin Di- they just put loads family. of clips of Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel saying family. But the thing is, Johnny, I do agree with you to a certain extent because that's something you can't entirely fake in your film. You can't do something that is the antithesis of family and then just say family and get away with it. There is a theme in there that is quite heartwarming. And I think especially in America, I think that's kind of a winning formula. People like to be reinforced in their everyday lives, but also escape and chuckle. To me, it's it's exactly like Rules of Engagement, the TV show. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. And that is produced by Adam Sandler's production company. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of right in the middle of what I'm talking about. It's all about everyday family life. And it dabbles in stereotypes and things, which is not cool. And it's not PC, certainly. But, you know, it's comforting for people of a certain age, clearly, because it's a massive, massive success and it's easy. So, yeah, anyway, we're taking a really long time to kind of repeat ourselves here. I'll tell you what, I have a vague soft spots for some of the scenes in The Ridiculous Six, whatever it was. Yeah, you did. You did. made me watch them. There's some of them were Come funny. on, that scene with uh, Vanilla Ice as Mark Twain. <laughs> I think that is genius. <laughs> I laughed so much. I, was, I still laugh thinking about it. So, yeah, anyway. Well, Johnny, it's we're... a brave man who speaks up and says what he says. So, listeners, are you going to stand in solidarity with Johnny? Are you going to come out and say hashtag... Uh, I am also a fan. Yeah, I think he's done some pretty indefensible stuff. I mean, pointing that out in the Waterboy is fair. So, but you know, like what actor hasn't made a few duff films? Tom Hanks flipping made Bachelor Party, which is a disgrace. That was like one of his first films. It was though. his debut, and it's terrible. It's like early American Pie. It's, it's a but then, like, he got into the niche. He got into big, and you know, splash, and he worked it all out from there. Let us move on. Um, <laughs> hey, first time he made a film, Jonah got in touch and he says, just started listening and I wanted to show my support. Love the show. Keep up the good work. For your 100th episode, I think you should review your all-time favourite film, film series or TV show, then talk about why. Just an idea. Thanks for doing such a great pod, Jay. P.S. Movie Land with Phil and Laurie has more of a ring to it. 
Oh, your music to Laurie's ears in I'm many not ways. I'm so keen on Movieland. You know, well, let's talk about this off air. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah, hey, thank you so much for getting in touch. We absolutely love getting new emailers in, as we teased in the intro. Honestly, it warms Laurie's heart, and it yeah. warms my heart too. Come on, it warms your heart. No, it generally does. I, I was really chuffed to read that email. That was right. very nice to read. Thank you very much for getting in touch. And what do you think about that? All-time favourite films? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think... Uh, We've been holding off that one for a long time. But then I think I've already done it. I did my A+. Film. When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, on what we've been watching. But yeah. that is a classic. Go check out that film. Is that film. your favourite? I love When Harry Met Sally. I, I would argue it's it's almost... I, no, I'm going to say it, it's perfect. You think it's unbeatable? I think... Lost in Translation a, still trumps it for me. As a romantic comedy, I don't think you could beat it. There we are. There's a little teaser for you, Jonah. Thank you so much for uh, getting in touch. All right, and on to some tweets. I think we have rather less correspondence about Paddington than I thought, Phil. Uh, here's one from Alistair who says, At Super Betty Rose, saw the new Paddington, and whether you have kids or not, it's a great film. Better than the original and a real uplifting feel-good film that lifts you out of the everyday doom and gloom we all deal with. Yeah, in agreement. Easily in my top five for 2017, Hugh Grant, never better. I agree with you on the very last bit. Hugh Grant has not been better in a film in 2017. I I think it's one of his best roles in the last 10 years or something. And thanks for commenting, Phil, because he goes on to say, just listen to your last pod. And what is Phil smoking following his review of Paddington? (laughs) I like that phrase. What is Phil smoking? Nothing is the answer I can confirm. (laughs) How he does not like this and is not genuinely moved by an uplifting gem of a film is beyond me. He must be dead inside. Uh, How do you feel about that, Phil? That's quite personal. That is quite personal. And now I do feel a little bit dead inside. Uh, I don't know why, and I know I'm ridiculous for thinking it, but it didn't work for me. It didn't connect. And I feel almost embarrassed to have to say I didn't like it, but I... I'm going to be true to You're my word and way. be honest. I'm yeah, I, I've been talking to my friends and they've been, oh, have you seen Paddington 2 yet? And they've got a nice little smile on their face and I say, yeah, I didn't like it. And they're like, they genuinely just look at me in disgust. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, it's because if you watch it and you like it, you can see the way that someone might not like it. But you have to be a special sort of someone to, <laughs> to cross that bridge. I feel like almost it's a choice. At some point, you have to go with it or not go with yeah, it. You're and right. I didn't yeah. go with it. And well, I, I told you, you should have seen Paddington. Yeah, and first, I think man. that's the thing. It's the inoculation thing that I was talking about last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use that word a lot, actually. I kept hearing I it. I only used head. it Use it a couple, a couple of times. Yeah, inoculate. It's just a funny word. You don't hear it very often. <laughs> Uh, okay, Nicholas also tweeted, plus one to fill for Paper Towns, an actually boring story with annoying characters, apart from Delavine, and where parents don't exist. Yeah, says. that's a really interesting point. So, yeah, they don't. I didn't I didn't even realise that. Yeah, even plus features. one to you for that. Yeah, nicely done, Nicholas. Plus one to Laurie for Atomic Blonde. Preferred it to John Wick 2 for its suaveness and atmosphere. Uh, glad to hear that, Nicholas. Yeah, I think they're not really com- comparable, actually. it's uh, They are similar. I think I made the point. They've got a similar setup. But Atomic Blonde is in another league of um, cinema. In my and the opinion. reason why you compare those is because John Wick 1 had two people involved and then they split off. One of them went to do Atomic Blonde and one of them went to Oh, that's right. So Chad Stahelski and I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, but, yeah. I think but that's, that's why there's the comparison, yeah. isn't there? That's right. So they lured away one of the, the duo. And I think we saw which one was more talented. In my opinion, I have to admit. IMO. He also goes on to say, at Super Betty Bros, what would you call the concept of exploring a movie's universe? A spin-off? Hashtag Star Wars, hashtag movie news. <laughs> I love it. I guess Fantastic Beasts, Split, and the Dark Universe are all a bit like that. How about Blade Runner, Inception, John Wick, Westworld, District 9, Cloverfield? Those are really good suggestions. There's yeah, a lot of them. There's lots of them. There's really good suggestions. I'd love to see another Inception movie just with another criminal team trying to do something in dreams. Yeah. But I don't mind that idea. I think it's the originality that people really want to latch on. The Dark Universe didn't work because it was so clearly a cash grab like people don't like it when you they feel like they're being 
rinsed for their money they want to yeah. see good stories and they want to see studios treat them with some respect and treat them like they have some intelligence yeah and i think the thing with those particular things the big franchise things that are trying to copy marvel and dc people forget that marvel and dc have a reason why it works you know there's comic books and there's loads of them they but that is their industry isn't it a whole network of and the there comic is a books. sort of world of comic books and they, they've been doing that for years crossing things over and, and testing this out whereas when it comes to like king kong and godzilla or whatever I think no one is really clamouring for it. No one, no one is really interested in that idea. And the thing that they're missing is they're both monster pictures. So it's not like you're looking at a different angle from a really fascinating universe. It's just the same world. It's just a different monster. Putting yeah. the two monsters together, just it's not. There's nothing interesting about. It. There's no chemistry, in my opinion. Which I is think, interesting. Whatever the MonsterVerse had more potential. It just looked terrible. Yeah, it's interesting though because a film like Pacific Rim, I really like Pacific Rim. That's the Guillermo yeah, yeah, del sure. Toro, and that was all about like big uh, robots versus monsters. But I really loved it because it was a new, fresh idea. But taking the taking the the images and the iconography of another genre and just kind of doing something new and fresh with it. Yeah, I think. There's love for these genres, but there's not loves for these worlds, I don't no. think, in the same way. Well, and this is why, and I sort of think this would be a good exercise to do, although I'm wary of spending too much time on it, Phil. But thinking about John Wick, for example, the universe of John Wick is one, it's a hidden one, isn't it, of assassins. So I kind of think, what you know, how, how much more can you do in that universe? Assassin if, school? Well, the, yeah, assassin school, that's a great one. Or like admin. <laughs> the, the, HR. The, the, the hotelier. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What's kind of left in that universe? Because that is, <laughs> I really like that. Like uh, a day in the life of uh, that hotel would be really quite cool to see. You can the make a comedy crew. series about it. And it'd be like Faulty Towers. No, that'd be like a YouTube with, series. Like murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it'd be quite funny. Oh gosh, uh, that'd be quite dark, but quite interesting. It would interesting. be, but then uh, that, that's kind of, this is what I mean. That's kind of interesting. That's the sort of thinking you want people to do, isn't it? And I think Blade Runner is a really good idea, but I just don't think you i think people will never buy it i think the world is fascinating and i'd love to see a completely different angle within it but you'll never get away from it being replicants 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 that's the only challenge there unless basically you make it into like a tv series or uh I, i could see it being kind of a serious anime which yeah good which is a serial where you just have a replicant or a or a human investigating crimes in the world in uh, in LA, and sometimes replicants are involved, sometimes they're not. But yeah, you just, exactly. Just you just take the futurism. Yeah, I think that could work, but I don't think another movie could work. Possibly it has not. to be about the main thing, which is these robots. Lots of good ideas there. You know, keep them coming, listeners. If you've got a few of your own, and thank you very much, Nicholas, for getting in touch. Good list, very good list. Yeah, really good. Uh, final comment here from Confucius, who also sent us uh, an email, and he said, "It's a nice, uh, short and sweet one, Phil. Very a lot of emotion in it." He says, "I hate watching a film and having to miss the endings. I always try to time it uh, when I'm on a long haul flight, time it well, so I can see the whole thing. If I was to be on a twelve hour flight, I could potentially binge watch up to five films. The biggest <laughs> challenge is all." always the last one if it's three hours before reaching the destination you have to be careful not to watch a film that's longer than 140 minutes what i hate the most is when they ask you to pack away all the equipment earlier than you expected to oh, prepare brutal, for landing brutal, brutal, brutal. Commas, as if preparing for landing isn't that important and like you have to turn off the screen for some reason like <laughs> well, exactly play yeah, the movie. you have to watch the map right yeah <laughs> why watch uh, the map then decide to circle around in the air for another extra 20 minutes and keep you thinking and possibly cursing in your heart when you've missed only the last five minutes of the film which you may never get around to finding out after oh, the flight it's a deep pain deep deep pain i know exactly what you're saying Confucius. it's particular it's sort of unique to that situation you just have to leave it and it that just chimes nicely with me when i said i like to peek over see what other people are watching it, <laughs> planes are a nice sort of um field for all this sort of stuff i like planes i like long haul flights as well because of the movies yeah nice one he says uh, p.s recommended for what we've been watching a taxi driver not taxi driver 
A Taxi Driver, a Korean film based on a true story and got the black screen with white text, which Phil likes so much. I'm interested. I'm going to check away. it out. Is that on streaming or anything? He doesn't mention, but I'm sure we can track it down. A there. Taxi Driver. I will try and find that over the weekend. And there we go. Thank you very much, everyone who's been in touch this week. Keep your thoughts coming. Obviously, Justice League, we really want to know your thoughts. Already had a couple on that, um, but we'll cover those off next week. Do check out the spoiler full episode of Justice League. Uh, it's going to be there, ready for you to listen to. Coming up shortly. Okay. <laughs> Thanks very much, listeners, for tuning in. Hope you stayed with us to this point in the show, our classy outro. Oh, yes. Uh, keep your thoughts coming in on Thursday. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I did that. I knew you were. I sounded like I was like a, a mascot for a crisp. Crisp? Oh, yes. <laughs> I know what you're saying, actually. I can see that on a crisp. Maybe like with a, a face. cheetah or something. Talks to you. Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you, listeners, <laughs> for tuning in. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool if you go and see it. Do you recommend it? Uh, good time as well with Robert Pattinson and then me and Earl and the Dying Girl. We want to know all your thoughts and those films that you always rewatch the weird segments in or restart it from the same point so they become a strange mix in your head. Mm, and do get in touch about Justice League. I'm sure there'll be lots of people who've gone to yeah. see it. We'll ask again in the spoiler episode. Yeah, yeah, but still, you know, like, just mix it up. We'll probably get on and record. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. What do you say? Yeah, yeah full all right. stop. Listeners, bye. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Well, I've got too many bonuses again. Oh, little bonus the thing factory. is, sometimes they're just not very good. You know, I didn't think politeness chicken was that good last week. <laughs> it was a slightly confusing concept, but exactly. I think I got there in the end. Yeah. Why don't you just read out the titles? Normally, some of these are just titles. Okay. Um, one of them is just Digi. <laughs> Digi? <laughs> That's it. I can't say any more without giving it away. Okay. Uh, firework test. Okay. And uh, self close. Let's go with fireworks test go and the fireworks. Digi. Fireworks test and Digi. The Digi one's really quick. So the fireworks test. No, let's do Digi first. Has there ever been a time when it was cool to put Digi in front of things? And if so, why did it stop? <laughs> when it was like digital, everything was Digi. Everything was Digi. So I was thinking DigiWeb, DigiPhone. Like, why, why did that stop happening? I don't know. Digimon killed it. Exactly. It's in Digimon. I was <laughs> Digi Destined. I love Digimon. Can I was such have... a Digimon fan. Me too, man. Back in the day, like, we took them to school and everything. And I was just thinking about it. It's just funny how some things just don't catch on at all. Oh, you... I did. I was everything. But that's because of Apple. They nailed it. But if you listen back to programs or sort of read things from uh, 20 years ago now 20 years did you document (laughs) did you docs why why did lurk take off for example but it's just funny to see there were all these terms and things that people tried to make happen it just didn't work like there's a thing called wap do you remember wap uh wireless assisted password i think it's web access protocol and that's how you used to get on the internet on your phone but it was like wap sites log on to the wap site and that didn't last, did it? Who cares it's, about it's what? It's all that sort of thing where it's like, uh, it just dies when it's not needed. Yeah, exactly. So I just wondered why Digi hasn't become more popular, unless it's just the obvious, because it sounds really dumb. <laughs> like DigiClock, DigiWeb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. There you go. How's that? Was that yeah, right? very good. Very fun. Very Hold. short short and sweet. Uh, so the other one is not quite so fun. I'm going to hit you with the firework test, Phil. Okay. And it's a test. It's a very serious test. It's a kind of personality test. I don't know what it's testing, but it's definitely a test. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, November 5th is fireworks night, as you well know. We yeah, we were Fox. on the same fireworks night. There we are. Exactly. Fireworks launch into the sky and explode, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and it's loud. You know, there's a lot of uh, announcements about how to care for your dogs and that sort of thing, you know, so they don't get too scared. Give them a special thunder yeah, jacket. Yeah, all that, all that stuff. lots of safety, that kind of thing. Now, okay. Fireworks, what you need to picture, so this is a scenario you need to imagine. Fireworks yeah, night was two weeks ago. 
and you're sitting at home and suddenly you hear fireworks going off and the fireworks night was two weeks ago. How do you feel? I don't feel that confident. Confident? What do you mean? Yeah, I feel nervous. That's, I don't know why I didn't say just nervous. Yeah, I why feel nervous. You, why, why are you nervous? Because it's not the right time for fireworks. So it makes you feel nervous? Yeah, it makes me think, oh, somebody's not trustworthy. Somebody hasn't stuck to the fireworks rule, which is the only day for fireworks is the fifth, <laughs> or maybe the days around it. Those are the days when you're allowed to have it. And occasionally you hear fireworks before fireworks night and you think, oh, some yobos, yeah, too yeah, excited. Yeah, They've yeah. got their hands on some firecrackers and, and they shouldn't be trusted with them. Two weeks after, that means they've planned it. They've, they've held on to it mm-hmm. beyond the point of celebration and they've decided to torment neighbours. How interesting. That's a very detailed response. Thank you for that. But interesting that nervous is your reaction. This implies it's actually a test that might be worth doing. Okay. Because, I mean, that happened to me. And my instant reaction was, oh, for goodness sake. Get a grip, guys. It was two weeks ago. It's over. Fireworks <laughs> like, is old it's news. It's such a mean... Because the thing is, that's such a mean response. And it really says a lot about us, Phil. Because Don't the thing celebrate. Is, for example, what if a family member was in the hospital, for example, and so they couldn't celebrate uh, fireworks night the way that they would normally... And then two weeks later, they were due out and people were so excited about it. They thought, we're going to save all our fireworks so that when Bobby comes home, we can do a fireworks display. Why didn't I imagine that? Why did, why did I immediately assume some idiot who just, oh, I don't respect it, you know? But often it's just the one firework, isn't it? It's just a solitary big bang and like... No, no, no. There, were, there was a, it was a display. Oh, it was an actual show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely was. Oh, okay. Fair enough then. Well, what are you doing, Mr. Scrooge? Well, this is what I mean. So it's the firework like, test. But then uh, there is a sense in which like... You have to be a madman to keep your like Christmas lights up in February or something like that. <laughs> like mad. you must That's be crazy. Take fireworks- them down. <laughs> also, fireworks are a celebration because sometimes they do them on weddings, don't they? So they could- yeah. there are so many reasons why it's completely legitimate, even nice. And yet my instinct is to be irritated. But you know, you, you know by the second sound. Stage. Exactly. That's what you think you know. Second stage. You ready for this second stage of <laughs> the, the fireworks? The fireworks test? Now test. imagine you have a child who's just been woken up by the fireworks because they decided to do it at half past nine at night. Half past nine at night is not that really... Is that night? It's quite late for children. Yeah, Most fireworks displays are like at seven o'clock, man. Yeah, but then... Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. There's certain times and spaces for fireworks and that you can just tell. You can just tell. You can just tell. There There's some guy with a hat on who's saying, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Bang. Oh. Well, you know. And I think you and I sadly feel are of the same mind, but I'm worried about what it says about us. I'd like to know if anyone, if anyone can, you know, pass the fireworks test and think, oh, that's probably someone celebrating something really special. You know, well, no, one, no one thinks that. <laughs> Absolutely no. If there's a culture in the world where that is what is hardwired in, I will be amazed. There we go. Yeah, that's interesting. I think in December, though, you could get away with that. Oh, it's probably a wedding. <laughs> Yeah, but that's because it's so much later. This is what I mean. Two weeks afterwards. That's the thing. All right, this is enough. Interesting. <laughs> good, good bonuses. Food for thought. I feel like we should call him Jeremy Vine. And Jeremy Vine. That. Yeah, that's exactly what he would do as well. Fireworks. News two flash. weeks later. Is yeah. that okay? Two weeks later. Is that too much? Actually, that's not Jeremy Vine, is it? I can't do an impression. That's just generic radio, man. Two weeks later. All right, let's go. <laughs>